What's crack? Big dogs. Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, <clears throat> to the headquarters. You know the top of these bubbly cans say, hey, you? I feel like I say that every week, but I just wanted to say, hey, you. Welcome, bike, to the channel. My name is Nicholas. This is BDGE. Big dogs gotta eat. Everything is always presented by Underdog Fantasy. We're going to be making some pick some over-under player games for tonight's Monday night foos ball ain't it like it's kind of a beautiful thing when you just get your ass kicked in fantasy football in the like you know I think everyone has like one league maybe two leagues they really care about um but when you have one league you really care about and you get your actual ass stomped in by some Timberlands and then you don't really have to worry about Sunday night football Monday night football it's kind of a nice it's like a catch-22 but it's kind of a beautiful thing that happened to me this week uh, and we're going to recap everything week four, fantasy football, NFL related. We'll jump into the comments in the chat afterwards. But for right now, please do not be sending me super chats and then get mad after the fact that you do it. And I don't answer your sit start question for the evening. I'm letting you know up front because I'm in the middle of trying to present. I'm live on television and you guys are throwing zingers at me left and right. I can't concentrate on everything. I still have extreme brain fog from the COVID-19. But big news in that category. The taste is coming bike. Finally tasted something last night. It was ass. I tasted ass last night. Not a not a pleasant, not a pleasant palate pleaser to taste as the first thing that you come bike from COVID with. I'm just kidding. I didn't taste ass last night. We're not having sex until marriage. Uh, we are chopping up. All right, so the software I'm using right now, StreamYard, has been down all morning. Uh, maybe they're owned by Facebook because I think Facebook and Instagram and every platform uh, underneath the sun has not really been working this morning either. So we'll try to get through this. As always, we're going to go game by game, recap everything that happened last week, talk about some of the top waiver wire pickups of this week to get you ahead of the game. We're doing a little bit of a giveaway. I don't know what we're going to end up giving away. Oh, I do actually know. Never mind. At any time, you could text me. Jersey. To 646-328-6601 for a chance to win a signed Onus Wagner baseball card. This is the $10 billion Onus Wagner baseball card. Facts, not opinion. Text that number with that sentence, or that statement, that word, jersey, and you'll be automatically entered. We're going to pick something to give away to you guys, a signed uh, piece of memorabilia. All right? How do I keep that on the bottom? Let's see. Banners, high current banner, brand. Let's see. Uh, we can do a little bubbly. Can we keep it minimal? Yeah, that's beautiful right there. That is beautiful. Uh, all right, let's jump into the games. Actually, should we talk about injuries first or should we just go game by game? Let's let's talk about injuries first and then actually we'll just go game by game. And as the injuries occurred, we will talk about them. So let's split the screen here. Let's get my fucking stupid ass looking face off the screen and let's jump into this shit. How we doing, everybody? Make sure you hit the thumbs up button if you enjoy. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to if you knew, <clears throat> we had Thursday night football, Jacksonville versus Cincinnati. I could already tell this is just going to be an absolute shit show of a stream. This thing is working slower than my fucking brain is right now. Jaguars versus uh, Bengals. Okay, so we had finally uh, a nice, actually, eh, wasn't really a great outing from Trevor Lawrence, but James Robinson popped off, did his thing the other thing that we need to talk about when it comes to Jacksonville's passing group and receiving group is uh DJ Chark is going to be 
got put on the IR with a serious ankle injury. Now, a lot of you guys are going to say, hey, hey, LaVisca Chenault season, right? I want you, I want to caution you. I want to caution you about LaVisca Chenault's big, big game. One, he had a broken coverage, big play that took up like 60% of his production in this game. LaVisca Chenault, believe it or not, believe it or not, LaVisca Chenault had a season low in snaps in this game. Played 42 snaps. That was a season low. His role did not change whatsoever. He was still the slot guy in this Jacksonville offense once DJ Chark went down. Tavon Austin came in and played the X role and played DJ Chark's role on this offense, okay? So LaVisca Chenault's role is still exactly the same. Uh, in terms of his involvement in production, maybe that goes up a little bit. Marvin Jones, extremely disappointing day, despite DJ Chark being sidelined for most of the game. Uh, Marvin Jones and LaVisca, you can fire up his wide receiver threes. I'm not going crazy for LaVisca Chenault. Still the same exact player, still the same exact role. Their offense up to this point, the schedule has been uh, just unbelievably easy for the most part. The first half of the season, like if they're not getting it done now, they're never going to get it done. Because if you look at the games that they've played so far, this shit is like, it's cookies and cream here. Houston, Denver's tough, obviously, but Arizona, Cincinnati, they get Tennessee, which is like a college defense at this point. Miami, Seattle, like, bruh. If there's ever going to be games to play guys like Visca, it is the next couple in the next couple weeks. I feel okay about Visca. I feel pretty good about Marvin Jones against Tennessee next week. But DJ Chark is out for the year. Uh, take that as it may. On the other side of things, we have uh, fucking average Joe Mixon over here doing his best two yards per carry. They just continue to slam him into the back of the offensive line. I'm almost happy he got hurt, so I don't have to fucking put him into my lineup anymore. The injury with Joe Mixon. They just keep throwing around high ankle sprain below severity of a low ankle sprain. I'm like, all right, just fucking enough with the bullshit, enough with the nonsense. What do we have here? Supposedly, it is a high ankle sprain of the very low severity, which is, from what I've read, fortunate, okay? He is week to week. That should tell you about all you need to know. If it was a low ankle sprain, he'd be day to day, and he would probably be fine for this upcoming week. He is week to week, which should automatically set off alarms and triggers in your brain to tell you that any optimism about his injury is probably nonsense this early. If they're already going off the bandwagon and saying, you know, they're off the fucking reservation and saying it's week to week, we are about 24 hours into this fucking injury. He's got 10 days to recover for week five. Right now, I would be very surprised if he suited up for week five. Okay. And we see Samaji P. Ryan as the RB2 here. I have absolutely no fucking confidence in starting a guy like Samaji Pirine in my lineup. Maybe you could put him in as a flex play. Uh, I think Chris Evans, the the talented rookie out of Michigan, gets involved as well and eats into some of Samaji Pirine's uh, passing work. I think Chris Evans is a pretty good pass catcher. And Pirine's basically just going to take that 16-carry, 16-carry, two-yard-per-carry role that Joe Mixon has this year. Um, he got lucky with the touchdown because Joe Burrow got called down at the one-yard line, Joe Mixon did. Otherwise, you keep firing up Tyler Boyd, you keep firing up Jamar Chase as, uh, um, as, as T. Higgins continues to miss time. When T. Higgins is back in the lineup, you put him back in your lineup. C.J. Uzoma is actually a – this is a week where there's actually a lot of really interesting tight ends on the waiver wire, and that's never usually the case. 
but there's probably four or five that I could think of off the top of my head that I think are really, really legitimate waiver wire targets if you're in tight end premium leagues. And tomorrow's videos will be the running back and wide receiver uh, waiver wire target video. So I'll go more in depth on that. But CJ Ozoma looks like the real deal in this offense. Looks like a really, really uh, solid chemistry starting to blossom between Ozoma and Joe Burrow. So we're going to want to keep an eye on that, especially with Joe Mixon out. And um, with Joe Mixon out, I highly doubt they start to revert back to what they've been doing in the beginning of this year, which is just going carry, 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 and then asking Burrow to throw it when they absolutely need to. But they got a nice matchup against the Packers. They got a nice matchup against the, uh, the Lions. So it's pretty much – I'm not going to say all systems go, but a lot of the systems are being turned on, and we have the green light for the Cincinnati passing offense right now. Joe Burrow still not running the ball at all, which is kind of annoying. All right, we have Washington, we have Atlanta, and, like, fucking, dude, Matt Ryan finally had a good game, but, like, that play where Matt Ryan went down on his knee and threw the ball as a Falcons fan was arguably the most embarrassing shit our franchise has ever dealt with, and we were up 28-3 to in the Super Bowl when we lost. That was fucking cringeworthy. That was, like... I was like, yo, you should just take a knee for the rest of your life after that play. Just stay on that knee that you have there and don't come back up. That shit was just franchise-altering embarrassing. Um, what else can we say about this Falcons offense, though? Ridley and Pitts are just not are just not getting it done. You know, Pitts was not a guy we wanted to invest in. Ridley certainly was. Seven for 80 is great, but he's just not scoring any touchdowns. I, how can you when Cordell Patterson is just absolutely fucking goading week in and week out shout out to fb god because on our first waiver wire in-depth article that we only put up on the website for members Cordell patterson was our number one waiver wire target who else you know fucking putting that shit up there nobody and Cordell patterson is is like a weak winner i had a league uh the go fade me dynasty league where Cordell and tyree kill were both in my lineup and i i fucking smacked the shit out of snacks needed it because the rest of my leagues didn't go well um, so you continue to put out Cordero Patterson. This is a team that needs offensive playmakers, and he is absolutely one of them. So you continue to throw him out into your wide receiver role, running back role, whatever, wherever the fuck you need to put him into your lineup, you get him in there. Antonio Gibson, semi dealing with some kind of injury, I believe, but like not really. Um, he came into the into the week with like some kind of shin injury, but it was fucking nonsense. It, it didn't end up really playing a factor. He did end up like getting banged up again at the end of the game, but I haven't heard anything new about Antonio Gibson. So for right now, we're not going to worry about him. We're more worried about his role in the offense with J.D. McKissick being a fucking thing. And this was something I said last week, two weeks ago, something we said in the summer, right? You're drafting him, hoping that for some reason, he, despite the preseason. Yeah. Can we also like circle back to preseason again about how y'all said this? It, like everything I said about preseason, it doesn't matter. This is fucking blah, 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 blah. Miles Sanders not going to be in a committee. Miles Gaskin not going to be in a committee. If you look at the fucking preseason usage, they were in committees. And guess what? They're stuck in fucking committees. Again, Antonio Gibson was not used on third downs, was not used in passing situations in the preseason because they show you how they want to use their starters in the first team usage. And guess what fucking happens? We're three weeks into the regular season and it's all happening. It's all fucking happening. All right. J.D. McKissick is a problem in two minute drills. He's a problem in the passing game because he's really good in the passing game. OK. Terry, Terry McLaurin, also really good. A couple a couple other takeaways here. Uh, Curtis Samuel had his first game back. Played terribly. But he's overtaking Deami Brown as a two, of course. Logan Thomas hurts himself, pulls his hamstring, and is ruled out very quickly, which tells me he's probably not going to play in week five. 
Now, this is important for a couple reasons because Curtis Samuel is probably available on your waiver wire, so he's going to get more involved. But number two, another tight end to pick up off the waiver wire is Ricky Seals-Jones. Ricky Seals-Jones played on the second most snaps on the team. Only Terry McLaurin played on more snaps than Ricky Seals-Jones. Ricky Seals-Jones ran 31 routes yesterday, which was top tight ends in the NFL. Okay? So Ricky Seals-Jones is going to be an every-down player if Logan Thomas misses times. Ricky Seals-Jones is very athletic, used to play wide receiver. He is a waiver-wire target if you are really, really, really hurting at the tight end position. Okay, so no real other takeaways from this game. Let's uh, wait. Hold on. I actually want to put something to the test right now. Someone told me that you had a boyfriend that looked like a boyfriend. I had something about fucking January. Uh, that if you click the little button in the middle of your mouse, it automatically opens up something. And oh, <gasps> did you guys see that? Oh my God. I don't, I no longer need to do right click open a new tab. If you click the little scroll button in the middle of your mouse, it automatically opens these ups in, in a new tab. This is fucking game changing. This is huge for the program. This is huge for the pierogi. Let's fucking just click this for every game. This is massive. This might be the best day of my life. versus the Bills. This was a good game, huh? This was fun. Buffalo must be going nuts. I wonder what was crazier, the parking lot before the game or the parking lot in the third fucking quarter? Um, 40 to nothing. The spread was 17 points, and nobody felt comfortable taking Houston in this one. Four interceptions for Davis Mills. Not bad. Impressive. Uh, as per usual, you cannot start anybody on Houston. Brandon Cooks has the best day of any pass catcher, but this is my worry about starting him in one of my leagues. The fact that any given moment, Davis Mills can go for 87 yards and four interceptions. That's going to be the case going forward. This Buffalo Bills defense looks like the real fucking deal. They are really, really good. Um, on the running back side of things, this is exactly how we kind of saw it play out. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss are very much in a committee. Zach Moss is going to continue to get the uh, the valuable touches here, and that those are the ones on the goal line. So he came away with a touchdown again. He could probably be used in the flex for Josh Allen. Does his thing as per usual. The wide receiver side of things. Um, listen, it, it's we're going to continue to ask the same questions. What what do we do with Cole Beasley? What do we do with like Tyler Lockett? They're all in the same fucking range. Like you 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 you, you drafted them, you picked them up, knowing what you're getting. You're not getting every week consistency out of them, but you throw them into your lineup and the games that that they do well, they have a really high ceiling for Diggs continues to not find the end zone, but I would, I would send out offers for Diggs, man. Those days are coming. Don't worry. Josh Allen's three, four passing touchdown days are coming and to Diggs, They are absolutely coming. Emmanuel Sanders. You can continue to roll out with confidence. Dawson Knox, another fucking tight end that should be scooped up off your waiver wire. He's a super athletic guy. This is what's funny about a guy like Dawson Knox. Like when he came in the league two, three years ago, he was a guy I was trying to get in dynasty everywhere. And you just have to sit on a guy like that because he's raw. And he was playing behind AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and all these guys that will miss. And he was like the guy who didn't put up production because he was playing behind those guys. And now you're slowly starting to see these guys kind of leak out as um, real NFL players. So Dawson Knox is another target on the waiver wire. If you are desperate need for tight end, uh, he now has four touchdowns, I believe, over the last three weeks. 
He had eight targets in this one. He's good, good with the ball in his hands. He's athletic. He's a playmaker. Really like Dawson Knox. What else can we talk about here? We've got the Bears and the Lions, and obviously the biggest news of the week comes on the Bears side of the things, and that is Cole Komet seeing three targets. Sorry, wasn't funny at all. Um, Let's see. David Montgomery gets hurt. Supposedly, so what we're working with right now in terms of the David Montgomery injury and the news that we have from the Chicago Bears bike field is this. Uh, David Montgomery is dealing with some sort of knee injury. I believe they completely ruled out ACL, which is good news. I believe they think it is a knee sprain, which is like an MCL sprain. The good part about this is MCL sprains are basically like the least worry. Now they might, it might extend to a multi-week absence, but MCL sprains tend to be like the least worrisome injuries for the running back position and just offensive positions like going forward. Uh, they do not linger for the most part. Their rest recovery time is usually not that high unless it ends up being like a, a grade two. And it's believed not to be too serious. So it's probably a grade one. We see a lot of players deal with MCL sprains, come back in a week or two, and it doesn't linger. It doesn't come back. So that's good for David Montgomery owners right now. Unless it's a grade two, that's what like uh, Nick Chubb dealt with last year. But all, all uh, reports are saying that it's not too serious. Damian Williams, who came in and was like an every down player, basically suffered a thigh bruise, which is also not supposed to be serious. So I believe he'll be back for next week. Uh, that makes Dam- uh, Damian Williams an obvious target on the waiver wire. That is probably the number one priority at the running back position because he's going to take almost every single play there. Uh, unless he's limited, then Khalil Herbert, who I really, really like college running back. Uh, he was like a six round pick or some shit. He is a player that I really like, but he's not going to get his chance unless both David Montgomery and Damian Williams are out. So Damian Williams is the target on the waiver wire this week, but I don't expect David Montgomery really to miss too much time because I don't believe it's going to be serious. Uh, Justin Fields, much better day this time around than what we saw out of him last week. But if Andy Dalton's back, I do expect them to put Andy Dalton back into the starting lineup, but we'll just kind of have to wait and see on that. Al Robinson is pretty much unplayable at this point. So that's uh fucking that uh, on the Detroit side of the ball. Jamal Williams overtakes DeAndre Swift's honestly been fucking miserable on the ground. He has like really not been good. So them saying that they're going to give him more touches, like they, they shouldn't give him more touches on the ground because he hasn't been good at all. And he continues to see six, seven, eight targets a game. So I, I feel like what they're giving him is exactly what he should be getting. And you're going to get games like this where he doesn't score a touchdown. You know, and he doesn't catch nine balls. God for fucking bit a running back doesn't catch nine balls in a game. Uh, I'm not worried about DeAndre Swift. He's going to continue to see six, seven, eight targets a game. You can continue to not trot out any Detroit pass catchers outside of TJ Hawkinson. Panthers-Cowboys, really interesting game here. Sam Darnold continues to just blow the fucking lights out of stadiums here. Uh, Him and DJ Moore are just clicking on every cylinder. Uh, You keep trotting those two guys out. Robbie Anderson, you sell his ass right now if you can. I don't know how anybody can think of him as like a – I saw a a few places, brands, podcasts, talking about Robbie Anderson as a buy low. I don't know how you could possibly watch him – this team, this offense, Sam Darnold would run his offense and consider Robbie Anderson someone that you want on your fucking fantasy team. If you could sell him off of the 11 targets, please do so. The only reason he got those targets was because Christian McCaffrey is out of the game. Uh, so you keep trotting out DJ Moore and Sam Darnold together. And on the running back side of things, not a good showing here. Chuba Hubbard, 
13 carries, 57 yards, was fine on the ground. The problem was Rodney Smith took five targets, caught all five of them for 48 yards. Those are the ones that you needed Chuba Hubbard to get. Even if they were in garbage time or if they were in the two-minute drill or whatever, you thought Chuba was going to get them. He did not. So this uh, provides him with a really, really, really shaky fantasy outlook next week. And they go against oh, – I forgot to use a little clicker on my mouse. They go against the Eagles, which are uh, not really a front seven to be too weary about, but I don't know if you could really start Chuba Hubbard as anything. I think I could start Chuba Hubbard as a flex play, but I'm not too confident in him. I'd imagine he would probably rank in like the RB 22 to 25 range next week, uh, assuming Christian McCaffrey, of course, is out. So that backfield might be one to avoid. I do think he obviously would have had a better game if Sand Arnold wasn't so involved on the ground near the red zone. But again, he like took a couple plays that were outside of the 10-yard line in for a touchdown. So like it wasn't really like he vultured Chuba Hubbard. It was more so like Sam Arnold doing his damn thing. Zeke went the fuck off. Dalton Schultz continues to be a problem in the passing game. He is another waiver wire target. Led the team in targets, and it wasn't even close. Wait, why did... Oh, CeeDee Lamb. Okay, there he was. I thought CeeDee Lamb didn't have a target. Uh, CeeDee Lamb had five targets, Amari Cooper three, but Dalton Schultz again eight. Seems like he's got a really good chemistry with um, with Dak Prescott, and he is just out-targeting Blake Jarwin by a very, very large margin. So Dalton Schultz is another waiver wire target that you probably want to be looking at if you are in a tight end premium league. Uh, Cooper and, and CeeDee, uh, you keep rolling them out, man. You just, you just keep taking the highs with the lows here. I, I think Bigger passing days are to come when Zeke is averaging seven yards per carry and Tony Pollard is averaging 6.7 yards per carry. Like, of course, if you're the Dallas offense, you're just going to continue to uh, to roll on those guys. So there will be games like that, unfortunately. But Dak throwing for four touchdowns is pretty sexy. We have the Colts and the Dolphins, just an absolute shit show of a game. Uh, Carson Wentz somehow ends up with two touchdowns, but he didn't look good doing it. Jonathan Taylor, 16 for 103 and a tugger on the ground, not really involved in the passing side of things. Again, Naeem Hines takes a backseat. I would not drop Naeem Hines yet because I'm almost positive. Like you give Marlon Mack 10 carries because you're trying to showcase him for a trade. You know, you talked about how uh, the reports came out. He wanted to trade. They said they're willing to trade him. So they give him 10 carries to see what's what looks like. Nothing is what because Marlon Mack was terrible in this game. Hopefully that garners some trade interest, but I can't imagine them continuing to give him touches. I think Naeem Hines will eventually get some more touches back into this uh, offense. Uh, Michael Pittman, again, eight targets, leads the team. I think you can continue to roll out Michael Pittman as a as a pretty uninspiring flex play. Let's look at their matchups coming up. But he continues to get a shitload of targets. His target share has got to be above like 30% at this point. They get the Ravens, not an easy matchup, but not necessarily a shutdown matchup. Then they get the Texans, the 49ers, the Titans, the Jets, the Jaguars. That is a beautiful slate. So if anything, we're buying low on Michael Pittman right now because that passing matchup uh, just five-week span is going to be pretty fucking sexy for a guy like Michael Pittman. Nobody else you want to try it out on the Indianapolis Colts side of things for Miami. Brutal showing for, uh, for Miles Gaskin. Two carries, three yards. I mean, if only they told us in the preseason that it was going to be a committee. Oh, wait, they fucking did. Uh, Will Fuller breaks his finger. He is week to week. And Parker Gasicki and Jalen Waddell continue to be like terrible sneaky flex plays. Parker continues to get it done, even though most of it is garbage time. Mike Gasicki continues to have really good rapport with Jacoby Brissett. So I think you can continue to roll him out as a low-end tight end one. Jalen Waddell, bad game in this one, but he is someone who is usually highly targeted 
uh, on the Dolphins. And with Will Fuller out, I like how they have William Fuller the fifth. Just got real fucking fancy real quick. Um, <laughs> Sorry. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. It's got a funny text. No, I won't fucking share it with the class. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Parker, like, I'm not confident at all throwing Parker or Waddle in there, but, like, I, I, I really, if you're desperate and you have two flex plays and you need somebody in there, PPR, Bucks are a tough matchup, obviously, but they're not a great matchup against, uh, I mean, they're not that tough of a matchup against receivers. Obviously, you know, a lot of a lot of passing volume comes on the Buccaneers and they just did lose Carlton Davis. So that's another hit to their uh, secondary there. So I'd imagine the Dolphins are going to have to throw the ball like 40 times a game uh, against them next week. So Parker and Waddle, you definitely could do worse. Kasicki, you could do worse. And they play the Jaguars and the Falcons. So a nice little slate there. You might want to hop on that uh, that Parker, Waddle, Kasicki little trio, little trifecta there. So you can't trust anybody else in this fucking game. You're definitely not picking up Malcolm Brown. Let's go to underdog. Let's look at some over-unders for tonight's game. If you are not signed up on underdog yet, underdogfantasy.com. If you deposit $10, you are going to get $10 on top of that if you use a promo code BDGE. All right? So the link to download the app, because I got a beautiful app as well for your mobile, in the description. Use promo code BDGE. When you deposit $10, bucks, you are going to have $20 into your account to play with. So we've got Derek Carr. It is uh, the Vegas Raiders at the Chargers tonight. Should be a really fucking fun game to play. Or, or watch Derek Carr. We're going over a half a reception. I think he throws a little picky pick. They're going to throw the ball a lot. And I think one of those pit, one of those plays is going to lead to a, an interception. Uh, Josh Jacobs, who knows if he's fucking playing. They don't have any of the running backs on the slate here. Hunter Renfro, 51 and a half receiving yards. I kind of like the over there. Darren Waller, 71 and a half. Herbert. What, what, what do you guys like here on these over-unders here out of these plays? I, it's so, it's so enticing to just be like, over, over, fucking over, over. But it's just, it's really dumb to do that. So I'm not going to do that. I think, uh, I think I like the over on Mike Williams, just straight up over 78 and a half yards. Hmm. And if you, if you throw $10 on just, you just need to do two pickums, two pickums, you throw 10, you're going to three extra money. You want to throw 20 because if you use promo code BDGE, when you deposit 10, you're going to have 20 in your account and you can make 60 off of it. 
So those are my picks. I think over 0.5 interceptions. I think Derek Hart throws a pick, and I like Mike Williams over 78.5 receiving yards in this sexy matchup. All right, let's go back to the Twitter games, Twitter slates. Boom, right click, little mousy click, clicky clicky, mousy mouser, you're up. Browns versus Vikings, awful. Uh, I'm willing to chuck this one out. Baker Mayfield looked horrible. Baker Mayfield looked horrible. He left about 30 fantasy points on the board for Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham should have had probably five for 150 and two touchdowns in this one. Um, so if you own Odell Beckham Jr., you're gonna you're putting him <laughs> back into your lineup next week. Okay, put him back into your flex spot because he he deserved better. Not a guy I was drafting, but he deserved a lot better in this game. Baker just didn't give it to him. Baker's usually a much more accurate quarterback. Baker is usually what actually Kirk didn't fucking give you anything in this one either. Uh, you you can continue to roll out Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, obviously. Um, Kirk Cousins started off absolutely on fire. Justin Jefferson continues to do his fucking thing, and you continue to put him uh, in there. Adam Thielen's okay, so whatever at this point. Um, Dalvin Cook, so he came. He clearly less than one hundred percent. Clearly, clearly less than 100%. Uh, gave way to Alexander Madison getting 10 carries. And uh, good news here is Madison didn't get any work in the passing game. Dalvin Cook did get six targets. So that's kind of sexy. But clearly less than 100%. Better days are ahead for Mr. Dalvin Cook. Uh, you put him back into your lineup next week. He was kind of in and out of the game. But they get the Lions next week, which should be you know the bounce-back game that we're all hoping for for Dalvin Cook. That bi- The reason you... You drafted him top three is for what he should do for us next week against the Lions. So no real takeaways from that game. Giants, Saints, Daniel Jones, bro. Let's go. Saquon is bike. Uh, and as we projected with both Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard out, you could you could roll Kadarius Tony out there. Saquon Barkley should see an uptick in passing game. That's exactly what happened. So Daniel Jones looked fantastic in this one. Uh, I feel a lot more confident now putting Kenny Galladay into my lineup as a flex play. And, uh, and that's really it. Kadarius Tony, I think he could probably roll out again as a flex play if Sterling Shepard misses time. It does beg the question, though, when Shepard gets back, what happens to Kadarius Tony? Do they put Shepard on the outside and just let Slayton rot away on the bench and then let Tony run uh, run routes in the slot? Because Tony looked great yesterday. So I think you keep a, a, an explosive playmaker like that on the field. Really liked how that offense looked. Uh, some optimism going forward. On the Saints side of things, man, Alvin Kamara has just turned into a thump guy. 26 carries, 120 yards. Didn't get any goal line work because Taysom Hill kept going in there and scoring two touchdowns on the ground, which is a concern. Absolutely concern. Jameis Winston uh, kind of stinks. Can't roll out any pass catchers. Alvin Kamara somehow did not have a single target. I don't know what they're doing in practice if they think a good game plan is to not get Alvin Kamara involved, but he's going to continue to see 25 to 30 touches because Tony Jones is now hurt. Um, have to think that Alvin Kamara uh, gets his way back involved into the passing game. But for right now, man, this was one of our concerns in the preseason um, that this offense was just going to stink and Taysom Hill was going to get involved in the goal line. And we did see it happen. This kind of felt like worst case scenario, which, you know, 26 for 120, brighter days ahead. Titans versus thy Jets, man. Who knew Ryan Tannehill needed Corey Davis to be unlocked in the passing game? 
Uh, monster day from Derrick Henry, as expected against the Jets. Uh, literally nothing to take away from the passing game here. I'm not trying to get cute and tell you to pick up anybody on the Titans side of the, uh, of, of the offense here. So hopefully they get A.J. Brown and or Julio Jones back next week, and we can have a little bit more confidence when it comes to Ryan Tannehill. So, I mean, realistically, 300 passing yards, a passing touchdown, 10, 10 rushing yards is not, like, terrible. He didn't kill your week, but – just absolutely no upside without AJ Brown or Julio Jones making big plays down the field on the Jets side of things. I was really, really uh, high on Corey Davis going into the week and I feel good about walking away from what we saw Four for one eleven and a touchdown. Zach Wilson is going to have his terrible games as always, but when he has his good games, Corey Davis is going to prosper in this offense. Uh, Michael Carter took over as the RB one in this offense. Luckily got in for the uh, rushing score. The only rushing score that they had, but like, that's the problem. If he doesn't have the rushing score, they're going to be terrible. And I don't expect them to have a lot of goal line opportunities for Michael Carter. So, again, he's a he's a really desperate flex play. Jameson Crowder did have his first game back, which he performed well in nine targets, actually led the team in targets, seven catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I kind of like Crowder. We'll, we'll have to see what happens when Elijah Moore returns from his concussion. I think they will probably use Elijah Moore on the outside, but I like the fact that Crowder's probably going to be the slot guy, and I think he will probably be a safety blanket for Zach Wilson. So I'm not like – it's almost like a poor man's Cole Beasley, to be honest. The ceiling's lower, but like the involvement's going to be there on an inconsistent basis. So if you want some wide receiver depth, I am not mad about picking up a guy like Jameson Crowder. Chiefs versus Eagles. This was just a fucking slang fest. Put the dick on the table and uh, and, and let the Eagles do whatever they want with it there. Nice to see Kyle Rosalera go over 100 yards again on the ground, but it was not nice to see Darrell Williams be as involved as he was, getting goal line work, uh, 10 carries, two targets through the air. So Clyde, you, you continue to, obviously you continue to, to, to roll Clyde out as a, as a flex play. And, you know, if he continues to get lucky through the air and score touchdowns, so be it. But uh, have a lot more confidence in Clyde now, obviously, with him playing really efficiently with this offense. I mean, this was an obvious bounce back game for the for the Chiefs. They've had so many unlucky turnovers the last few weeks. And uh, and Tyreek Hill just goes absolutely fucking bananas at the expense of Travis Kelsey. But that's what's just going to happen in this offense. You know, sometimes Tyreek Hill is not going to eat and Travis Kelsey will sit at the barbecue table and eat every piece of food on the table and then vice versa. So you just continue to roll those guys out, obviously. Um, if you own Clyde, you want to pick up Darrell Williams because he is the clear handcuff right now. And if something were to happen to him, Darrell Williams can move right into an 18-touch, really valuable role in this backfield. On the Eagles side of things, just a uh, a masterful performance statistically for Jalen Hurts. He went absolutely off, 387 yards, two touchdowns, passing 47 more yards on the ground. Kenny Gainwell getting uncomfortably too much play time if you're a Miles at this point I don't even know if you could roll out Miles Sanders as a flex looks terrible uh in terms of their passing uh in terms of their offensive just like play calling and what they're doing with him in terms of the involvement um so Sanders is probably going to be in that running back 25 to 30 range ranking wise and a lot of teams just can't use a guy like that so that being said, it's it's going to be hard to trust Kenneth Gainwell in lineups either. So it's just like it's, it's kind of a situation you just got to sit on, man. It's really unfortunate, but can't throw him into your lineup. Monte Smith did his thing, seven for one twenty-two. Uh, so he's, I mean, he's clearly the wide receiver one there. He's going to have his inconsistent weeks, but I think he's certainly a flex play in good matchups. And the Chiefs were obviously a good matchup because they were going to have to score a ton of points, and the Eagles were going to have to try to stay with them a little, a little, a little, a little bit. Good to see a decent game out of Dallas Goddard, though. Uh, not something I could really. Um, 
not something that you could really depend on week over week, though. So let's see. Let's move on down. How many fucking games were played in the NFL this week, huh? A lot of them. A lot of games played. I low-key love bye weeks. As someone who makes content around fantasy football, bye weeks are kind of a fucking godsend. Let's see. Boom. Five more games. Was it five or six? Okay. Cardinals versus Rams. Kyler Murray uh, still pretty good at football. James Conner, 18 carries, taking all the goal line work. This is exactly what uh, we kind of know is is the case for Chase Edmonds at this point. He did break away that 54-yard run, which was sexy to see, but most people probably didn't have him in their lineups unless that was just me being a fucking asshole. I took him out of my lineup because it was a tough matchup. Did break away the big play, but otherwise he gave you pretty much what he does every week, somewhere between 10 and 14 fantasy points, and that's just what you're going to get. He is a decent flex play. He's going to be a great bye week fill-in if you need him, but like there's just no upside because he doesn't score touchdowns. He might literally end with zero touchdowns on the year. James Conner continues to get the goal line work. It's, I don't know, dude. Like he, he actually looked pretty good. He looked pretty good, and I guess you can roll him out as a flex play. Uh, what's their schedule? I mean, they're 4-0, so they're going to continue fucking slanging games around and, and winning a bunch of games. So 49ers, I mean, 49ers, Browns, not a, not necessarily games you expect them to just like dominate the flow. I mean, bet- between Kyler and the and uh, Trey Lance, those two quarterbacks might score 255 fantasy points next week. Uh, but once it gets like the Texans, you know, James Conner's going to be a good play. But like it's, it's really hard to rely on the goal line work. But I don't know. He might end up scoring 10 touchdowns this year. So I guess he could be a flex play. The wide receiver side of things, man, this is one of those situations. It's kind of tough to. Sorry, let me get some water. My throat feeling like the fucking Sahara. Um, AJ Green looks great. AJ Green looks great. And uh, I don't know why, but I was kind of all in on him during the summer too. I have so I have a lot of best ball shares of AJ Green. I think Green, you continue to roll out as a flex play. I think Kirk, despite the really shitty game, these are going to happen, right? You're going to you're going to pick and choose between Kirk and AJ Green, who has a good game, who has a bad game. DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, I guess it's a little bit worrisome at this point, but like, what are you going to do? Fucking sit DeAndre Hopkins. He got a lot of Jalen Ramsey in this game, um, so better matchups ahead, better days ahead for DeAndre Hopkins. It's like uh, kind of like the Stephon Diggs situation with Josh Allen. Like he drafted him in the second round. There's no fall off in terms of his involvement. He's just you know just not coming together. The big plays aren't really happening. Um, and they're spreading the ball around. So it's like at this point, you just have pieces of a really high, sexy, high-flying offense. Um, and, you know, put Green, put Kirk into your flex, put Edmonds into your flex, put James Conner. You got fucking just throw everybody into your flex. Go with an all-Arizona team, and you'll probably be better good more often than not. On the flip side of things, Darrell Henderson, uh, Bell Cow, Workhorse. You know, in the, in the Q&A on Saturday, I, I said I really didn't have any concerns going into the week. And he took that role right back over. So continue to fire up Darrell Henderson as a high-end RB2, if not an RB1, honestly, based on the volume. On the passing side of things, just a bad day for Matthew Stafford. Robert Woods luckily gets in to the end zone, but man, just not an encouraging day for Robert Woods against a, a Cardinals team that put up 37 on them, and they should have uh, should have seen some bigger days of, of, from, from Robert Woods in his passing offense. Just didn't happen. So, Cup, you continue to roll out as a wide receiver. One, Woods, you continue to, uh, I guess... I don't know. At this point, I'm not flexing them unless it's a good lineup, unless it's a good matchup like we saw uh, against the Cardinals. So if we look ahead at their schedule, Seattle, he could be a flex play, but Seattle's just 
Uh, actually, we'll talk about Seattle in the next matchup. But, yeah, Robert Woods is not not really inspiring, man. Not really inspiring. Oh, Max Williams is the other uh, the other tight end pickup that we really need to keep an eye on. He's I think he's caught five passes in three of their four games. So he has uh, become a really big part of this offense, and he's being productive. He's catching a lot of passes like – Max Williams looked pretty good, man. Looked pretty good. Another guy to, to, to target on the waiver wire. Seattle versus the 49ers. Man, I tweeted this out today. I tweeted this out today. It's an absolute shit show. Um, if you're not following me on Twitter, make sure you do so. At Nick Urkelano. That is my name. Good sirs and sirettes. Where did I tweet out? So, the top five offenses in plays per game. Tennessee, Las Vegas, Tennessee's boosted up because they literally ran a fucking 100 plays on Sunday. Tennessee, Las Vegas, Buffalo, Carolina, Minnesota. Bottom five offenses in plays per game. Seattle, dead last, running 52.8 plays per game. That is a fucking sieve. That is an absolute criminal number for them to be at right now. All we heard all offseason that it was going to be fast pace. Things were looking up. More passing. More plays. It's just not what we're seeing. Russell Wilson, 23 attempts. Chris Carson, yes, a little bit worrisome. Alex Collins looked good, uh, and he got some run with the first stringers for sure. Got that, that great fucking run in, 14-yard touchdown, 14 touchdown run. Uh, Chris Carson not really involved in the passing game either. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Carson. He's still definitely the starter, and I would like to have hope that Seattle um, – you know, switches their offense up. But like anytime they run the, anytime they do something like this where they throw the ball fucking 23 times and end up winning the game, you know, Pete Carroll's like, yes, like, like less, less, even fewer next week. You know, like how few pass attempts can we have and still win a game, which is what I feel like uh, is happening here. So on the receiving side of things, it's like DK Metcalf continue to roll them out. Obviously, Tyler Lockett, again, you just take the good with the bad, man. When you draft him, you got to know these days are coming, man. When you have a guy like DK Metcalf uh, opposite you, like you're going to have game. It, it, it's like it's like Tyree Kill Light, man. It's like Tyree Kill Light where you're going to have games where you go six for 180 and two. But you're also going to have games where you score fucking five fantasy points. Um, so he's, a, he's like a less version of Tyree kill, but you just, you can't afford to miss on the games that they hit in your lineup. So like you just continue to roll out Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, uh, Alex Collins, probably someone you should maybe target on the waiver wire. If like you're really bare on the depth side of things, when it comes to running backs, not excited about it. And it might, you know, it could, he, he might be one of those guys where like you pick him up this week, he gets three carries next week and then you want to drop him. But I feel like he, if you're in a 14 team league or you're desperate, or you have a guy that just absolutely fucking stinks like Muhammad Sanu on your bench and uh, you could use the the swap effect and yeah Alex Collins is fine Jimmy G pulls his calf gonna be out a couple weeks this opens up the gates for Mr. Trey Lance I don't give a fuck with Trey Lance's completion percentages I don't care this QBR was 39.4 this man played a half of football and put up 18 and a half fantasy points let me repeat that. Trey Lance played a half of football and put up 18 and a half fantasy points. Nine for 18, 157 yards, two touchdowns, seven for 41 on the ground. Okay. I don't care how sloppy it is. I don't care how much yak comes after. I don't care how many incomplete passes he throws. This man, it's just when you see it every single time, it's a, it's not just a, a coincidence. It is a trend. This man is just a big playmaker. It's just what happens. This guy is going to fucking go nuts against the Cardinals next week. Is he the starter for the rest of the year? Remains to be seen. Okay, so they have their uh, 
week five game against the Cardinals. Trey Lance, I expect to pop the fuck off, statistically speaking. Then they have their bye. So with Jimmy G, there is a chance that after the bye, they put Jimmy G back into the lineup against the Colts. I I really want to say I don't see that happening. If Trey Lance can, if Trey, if they could somehow upset the Cardinals next week, I don't see a chance that uh, Trey Lance does not secure the job for the rest of the season. They might do that thing where like Jimmy G is 95% healthy, but they're just like, no, we're going to keep him out until he's 100% healthy. And then he's our starter. Wait for Trey Lance to really, really struggle and then put him back in. But like Trey Lance, this is, this is the moment we've all been fucking waiting for. This, this is the reason you drafted him for next week, literally for next week. It is the perfect storm. Arizona is going to put up 200 points. The 49ers are going to have to score 200 points to fucking keep up with him. And Trey Lance is going to go nuts. Uh, speaking of the other Trey, Good to see Trey Sermon, 19 for 89 on the ground. Just absolutely zero involvement in the passing game, which was my concern going into the week. Uh, and Elijah Mitchell, I mean, I, I can't say he should be back next week. I really don't know. It's uh, it's kept him out for a long time. So at this point, I, I expect if he does come back, it'll probably be some sort of a committee. Uh, but you can't really roll out anybody in the backfield for the 49ers. Debo is just absolutely on pace to just smash records right now. I believe someone tweeted out something that like his yardage total through the first four weeks uh, is like top 20 all time amongst wide receivers. So he has another monster game. You continue to roll out Debo. His involvement's scary high. George Kittle, you continue to roll him out despite the shitty, shitty, shitty production numbers he is putting up. Brandon Ayuk, what do you do? Uh, tough scene. Uh, what I'm doing, y'all can do whatever the fuck you want to do. I'm going to continue to roster Brandon Ayuk with the hopes that him and uh, Trey Lance have some sort of a connection. I know that that was literally the opposite of what happened. Um, I'm going to take a look at some snap counts right now for Brandon Ayuk and hope that he was still a full-time player. Something in me tells me he was not. He was. He definitely did not nut yesterday. Something in me tells me that he was not a full-time player yesterday. And that we saw his snaps dwindle down. Bitch, you know what I want. Brandon Ayuk, uh, still second on the team in terms of snap counts, but his snap rate did drop from 86 in week three to 67 in week Four things you don't hate to see for a hundred dollars, please. So yeah, you can't you can't try it out Brandon Ayuk with any sense of confidence. I am personally holding on to him though. What else we got? We've got Baltimore and Denver. Lamar doing Lamar looking great in the passing game. Uh, healthy scratch for Tyson Williams. I don't know what the fuck. I have no idea what they're doing. Tyson Williams has looked by far and away the best back that they have in that backfield. Something's going on there. They don't trust him. Um. And uh, you could drop Tyson Williams because they basically fucking just dropped Tyson Williams from their roster. So drop Tyson Williams. Latavius Murray is clearly the back to own there. He had 18 carries, scored a touchdown. This team's going to be on the goal line semi-often. This was a tough matchup against the Denver Broncos, but they came away with the dub and Latavius Murray got in for the touchdown. Marquise Brown, another big game. Continue to roll him out. Obviously, if Rashad Bateman is available on your waiver wire, now is the time to pick him up. I can't wait to see what this passing offense looks like with Mr. Rashad Goatman in the lineup um even with Rashad Bateman back you continue to roll Hollywood Brown out because the chemistry between those two has been fantastic and he continues to perform like a high level fantasy prospect um so 
not much on the Baltimore side of things. Uh, Denver Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater concussed, got got that conk. Drew Locke came in and looked like Drew Locke. Uh, if Drew Locke is the starter, if, if Teddy Bridgewater can't go next week, they play against the Steelers. So not exactly a great matchup. I'd imagine they're going to be blitzing the shit out of Drew Locke, and I imagine a lot of erratic passes. Whatever the over-under is for Drew Locke's interception total for next week, we take the over. Uh, can't have confidence in really any of the pass catchers here. I think you continue to roll out Noah Fanto, obviously, as a starting tight end because he has had just such high involvement numbers week in and week out. He's scoring. He's making plays. Uh, yeah, so obviously Noah Fant remains in your lineup, but like I guess you can you could throw out Cortland Sutton. Uh, while Jerry Judy is still out, but it's really hard to have any confidence with any of these players if Drew Locke is under center. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams continue to literally put up the exact same stat line week in. It's actually pretty impressive. They do the same thing every single week. You just have to hope for a touchdown. They are, uh, they're like decent, okay flex plays. Um, if they score a touchdown, they're going to be putting up 14 to 15 points for you. If not, they're going to put up seven to eight to nine fantasy points for you. You literally, I can't give you any advice that you don't know exactly what's already fucking happening here. Uh, what else do we got? We got the Steelers versus the Packers. Ben Roethlisberger is just continuing to be an embarrassment to the Pittsburgh franchise. He's like, just, he's just the fucking Matt Ryan of the central United States. Um, Najee Harris continues to get a zillion touches and you continue to roll him out as an RB one Deontay Johnson. He's an every week starter for you, obviously in fantasy, uh, Juju Smith Schuster, Honestly, Juju's probably droppable for me. I don't care that he got eight targets. He just stinks, and this passing offense stinks. Uh, if Chase Claypool does come back, I really don't have a lot of confidence in playing him in my lineup. Uh, he would be a desperate flex play. On the Packers side of things, so MVS is on the here, – here's what I'll say. Like, A.J. Dillon, most of A.J. Dillon's run came in the second half. I'm not really worried about that, that split between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, both of them seeing 15 carries apiece. What I think was really noticeable was with – MVS on the IR. Randall Cobb played a really big role. Um, Devonte Adams had, had 11 targets. Robert Tunyon had seven empty targets. I can't believe there were people telling you to draft Robert Tunyon this offseason. And then Randall Cobb had six targets. Uh, a lot of them in the red zone, very involved down there. So Randall Cobb, I, I think, is a pretty, pretty, pretty good waiver wire target this week if um, because MVS is going to miss time. And we know that Rodgers and Cobb obviously have chemistry. So uh, think of of Randall Cobb like uh, Jameson Crowder or Cole Beasley. I'm sure next week he'll go like four for 32, but there will be big games ahead probably. Tampa Bay versus New England. The game of the fucking century was terrible. Was terrible. Um, Tom Brady, just uh, just an off night. You know, that shit happens, and I don't expect that to be the case going forward. Leonard Fournette, 20 carries for 91 yards, adds three for 47 on uh, on targets from Tom Brady. So this was kind of... Uh, what we thought was going to happen, he was going to get a lot of involvement. He, he has kind of become the starter. But as soon as Gio is back in this lineup, I expect that his passing involvement is going to go straight back down. But he is, but he is the, uh, but he is the early down runner. Then we saw Ronald Jones get the carry from the eight yard line. So again, it's it's like a backfield that you, despite them being a really good offense, despite them being a high powered team, like you really can't have too much confidence in any guy back here. Obviously, you're not playing Ronald Jones. Uh, you could throw uh, Leonard Fournette into the flex spot. Um, and hope that he scores a touchdown. They do play the Dolphins, then the Eagles. Uh, so those are two games that the Buccaneers should win and put up you know, a good amount of points, uh, but you can't have too much confidence. You continue to roll out Mike Evans. Antonio Brown should have had a monster day. Um, he had a really, really big catch called back because of some stupid fucking penalty. Uh, you continue to roll out Godwin, obviously. We'll see what happens with Gronk. He might be out for multiple weeks. 
on the Patriots side of things. Oh man, the rushing better days ahead for Damian Harris. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Damian Harris. I think Damian Harris is a buy low. Um, got a little bit involved in the passing game. Two for 30 horrible on the ground, of course, but like guys, it's the fucking Buccaneers. You think uncle Bill's game plan is going to be to try to beat the Buccaneers on the ground. Obviously not. Damian Harris wasn't good, but four carries. Listen, Nelson Aguilar had one carry. Brandon Bolden had one carry. JJ Taylor had one fucking carry. That's, that's what we're going to get against the Buccaneers. Damian Harris played 60% of the snaps though. Damian Harris played 60% of the snaps again, was semi-involved on the passing side of things. The Patriots play against the Texans next week, Cowboys and the Jets. So I think Damian Harris is a buy low candidate for sure. And I think you could throw him into your lineup immediately next week against the uh, against the Texans for sure. That's going to be a beautiful game script for them. The other side of the thing, uh, the other thing in this backfield is J.J. Taylor fumbles, and then he's basically probably going to be on the bench for the next decade or so for the Patriots. Brandon Bolden took over the James White role. Six targets, caught all six of them for 51 yards. So if you're in a PPR league and you were wondering what running back to target, it seems like Brandon Bolden is going to be the play. Kobe Myers continues to be a rock-solid wide receiver three in PPR leagues. Another 12 fucking targets, eight catches, 70 yards. How many targets does this dude have on the fucking year so far? I got to see this. Dude has 41 targets on the year. He's averaging over 10 targets a game. That's fucking insane. Guy can't sniff the end zone. Uh, and that about wraps up the games, I believe. How we doing out here? How's the chat going? How's the comments going? Anything I missed big time? Not me, bro. Couldn't be me. Um, all right. Yeah. I mean, if anyone wants to put, uh, If anyone wants to, I should have told y'all to timestamp this at the beginning of the video. Fuck. All right. Well, timestamps are a little late, but if anyone wants to put timestamps, you'd be a fucking legend again for this fourth week in a row. I would love that for me and for you and for everybody that's watching afterwards. That's my basic recap of week four and some waiver wire targets for week five. We talked about all the injuries. So if you're joining afterwards, obviously we talked about probably most of the shit that you're asking about in the comment section right now. We have a lot of takeaways from the video in terms of selfish fucking uh, money-making finger grubbing revenue streams right now number one text this number with the word jersey for a chance to win a signed honus wagner baseball card legit signed you could sell for about 200 million dollars tomorrow night at the christie's auction go check out underdog of course underdogfantasy.com play some over under games when you deposit and use promo code bdge they're going to match your ten dollar deposit and they're going to give you twenty dollars in your account it's beautiful Okay, And if you want my rankings, if you want our in-depth fab guidance waiver wire article, you can find that on bdge.store forward slash community. Those rankings for week five will be out Thursday around noon Eastern time. Thank you all for joining me today. We'll be back tomorrow with some waiver wire fodder. Love y'all. I'm out. Goodbye.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.